of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God. Amen. Today's homily from the blessed servant, Michael Sammy. Good morning, everybody. Blessed, blessed fast of the apostles, rather, and also a blessed feast of, we had a couple of very uh, well-known saints yesterday in the church's uh, commemoration. Yesterday was the feast of St. George, the Prince of the Martyrs, and also the feast of St. Abram, the, the Bishop of Fayum, the lover of the poor, as we all know him. And today we also had a lot of, um, a lot of saints in the Cynics area. I'd like to begin this morning with a meditation on the readings for today. So firstly, I want to examine the Catholic epistle, which was from the first epistle of St. Peter. It was from chapter 1. It was a fairly short excerpt, only nine verses. I'd like to look at verse 3. He writes, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again, a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled that does not fade away reserved in heaven for you. So we hear this term that St. Peter talks about, begotten us again. Where else have we heard this idea of being begotten again or being born again? Where is it present in, in, in the faith? I heard baptism, so. Baptism, yes. Baptism is being born again, being dipped in the death of Christ and raised after three times into his resurrection. Now, what is... What does that also mean for us? It means that we're actually already living in the life of resurrection here and now. In baptism, when we are dipped three times in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, we also participate in the death of Christ. Right? Our sinful nature dies, and we are given the new nature, the spiritual nature, which, which fights fights the passions and fights the desires and help us to lead a heavenly life, a resurrected life already here on earth. So this is the living, this is the hope that we ought to live in. And also in, in the Pauline, it is taken from the book of Romans, chapter 15. St. Paul writes in verse 13, Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace, in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. So we hear this word of hope. Hope being, being put in, in both the Catholic epistle and the Pauline for the readings for today. A living hope and then the God of hope that we may abound in hope. So this hope is the life of resurrection that we live here and now today. We ought to live in a way where we already know what is going to happen to us when we enter the kingdom of heaven. We already know that we are going to be giving eternal life, and so we already act that out here. And this is actually one of um, one of one of the best one of the best ways to actually act this resurrected life is to look at the Sermon on the Mount and. Uh, commands or the 
what Christ told the people when he was on the first, the, the first sermon on the mount when he said, blessed are those Blessed are the peacemakers, blessed are the meek, blessed are the poor in spirit, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. He's basically describing the characteristics of a kingdom citizen, citizen of the kingdom of heaven. And this is how we ought to live already here on earth. We don't wait for the resurrection to be something that is coming. Of course, there will be a resurrection of the dead, a bodily resurrection, but we have already partaken of that spiritual resurrection in the sacrament of baptism and so we are called to live a life that is full of hope full of action full of full of being enlightened by the life of christ and the teaching of christ already here now of course this is a huge a huge responsibility and very very difficult at times because of our own weakness and because of the sinful nature we possess. And so we see something interesting happening in the gospel today. It starts out as the disciples actually watching Jesus himself pray. And they notice that there is a certain structure or a certain way that he's praying that they don't know of. And they were also aware that John's disciples were being taught to pray by John himself. And so they asked him, they said, Lord, teach us to pray. And he instructed them. He gave us the Lord's Prayer, which we pray many, many, many times throughout the day, the week, and the entire liturgical year, and also in our homes. But how does he instruct them to pray? He gives the parable or the analogy of someone asking for another, asking another friend that he might give him some loaves or some food because he has a guest coming and so he wants to give him something. And so he says, which of you would not give this person, not only because he's your friend, but maybe even because of the persistence. So that gives us a little insight to prayer, that prayer and persistence have to go hand in hand. When he also says, knock and it will be opened to you, ask and it will be given to you. Notice he never mentions how many times. He never says, if you knock once the first time, it will be given to you right away. Or if you ask once, it will automatically be given to you. Rather, it is a persistent prayer that the Lord hears. And there are some times where we ask of something and he gives it to us straight away. And other times where, he asks, where we ask of him something, I'm sorry, and there might be a delay or there might be, you know, some time between what we ask and when we receive it, if we even receive it at all. And it's all for our own benefit. And then at the end, he says, St. Luke writes, if you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? So now we see exactly what we ought to ask for. It is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is He who comforts us as we sing in, in Asomen, the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of Truth, the Paraklit, the Comforter. He is the one who works in us in order that we might live the resurrected life here and now. And so our prayer ought to 
constitute of asking for the gifts of the Holy Spirit, the fruit of the Holy Spirit in our day-to-day life. Does that mean we shouldn't ask for um, success or we shouldn't ask for blessing in our studies or our work? No, absolutely not. We definitely should ask for these things, but to remember what our primary prayer ought to be. Our primary prayer ought to be that the Holy Spirit may live in us, through us, and with us. So that everything we do ought to be blessed. We may be peacemakers. We may be meek. We may be poor in spirit. We may inspire our brothers and sisters. And so, the message for today is to remember how to pray as the Lord instructed us to pray. A lot of times I hear um, the youth especially, they'll be, they'll be asking, you know, how do I pray? Or I, I don't really feel, I don't really feel it when I pray. And prayer is definitely one of those things where you only learn how to pray by praying. It's uh, very difficult to be instructed exactly on what to say or on how to pray and to, to feel, it's not like a formula. Prayer is not like a formula. Of course, there's structured prayer, which we all, which we all partake of here in the liturgy, and the Agbeya is a great guide. But there is also the personal prayer. There's, there's many, many forms of prayer, and the essence of all our prayer should be to ask for the Holy Spirit to be enlightened in us that we may act and we may live the resurrected life here on earth. I pray that God blesses us all and allows us to keep this fast holy and that we may be inspirations to one another. To him be the glory, both now and forever and to the ages of all ages. Amen.